You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee offers us today in our work of love, compassion, and justice. To support this podcast, go to renewedheartministries.com and click donate. And if we lean into that version of Jesus in the Jesus story, it, it changes everything. At least it has for me. It's changed my focus from the future to the here and now. And after all, didn't Jesus say not to worry or to be preoccupied about tomorrow? Welcome to episode 495. My name is Herb Montgomery, and our title this week is Apocalyptic Passivity. A reading is from the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew 25, 1 through 13. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten maidens who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in their jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the maidens woke up, trimmed their lamps, and the foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both of us. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The maidens who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. So, our reading this week, it offers me an opportunity again to to share something um, that's just been on my heart for some time now. The parable in our reading this week is unique compared to other parables in Matthew's Gospel in both subject and the language it uses. So, absent from this parable is Jesus's usual humor, uh, Jesus's hyperbole. The, The parable doesn't critique those in power in the prophetic way that most of his other parables do. There's no plot twist or surprise ending to leave his listeners scratching their heads. The lesson is pretty straightforward and obvious. Be prepared. Those who are prepared go in. Those who aren't prepared are left out. And, and this lesson it's basically a, a common universal theme in the wisdom teachings of, of all faith traditions, but it's also quite apocalyptic. It sounds a lot uh, like it's addressing issues existing in the Jesus community when the Gospel of Matthew was being written down, a lot more than when the events in the Jesus story were actually taking place. Let me give you an example. In Mark, when Jesus is approaching his trial and death, he's not, he's not telling people, his followers, to, to look forward to his return or be prepared for his return. He's telling his followers that he's going to leave them, and he's calling them to participate with him in the speaking out that will eventually get him killed. In Matthew, 
These closing parables right before Jesus' death, beginning in in chapter 24, they're about being ready when Jesus comes back after his departure. And, and it closes with the same words found in the end of the parable of Matthew 24, 42. Remember, we read this a couple weeks ago. Therefore, keep watch. You do not know what day your Lord will come. So, so this apocalyptic theme, it, it, it reflects more the concerns of the Jesus community after Jesus' death than it does the teachings of Jesus before his unjust execution. And in the rest of the Gospels, the writers announce the good news or the gospel that the the time has come the kingdom is here and and all are invited to join in Jesus's vision for a just inclusive compassion, compassionate community and this invitation it was deeply attractive to the marginalized and those who had been pushed to the edges and undersides of Jesus society but the calls to to justice in Jesus's typical uh, teachings and, and parables, remember, they weren't as attractive to those benefiting from the, the, the present, um, the unjust status quo. And, and these people, to them, Jesus was seen as a threat that had to be silenced. So here at the end of Matthew, it's as if we're witnessing a subject change. The rest of the Gospels is about what I just mentioned. And in, in, in here in the end of Matthew, it's as if um, we're no longer talking about the good news of a concrete salvation that has arrived in the here and now, good news to the marginalized, a threat to those who are privileged. But now we're discussing being prepared for its arrival, not now, but at some point in the future. The community is wrestling with how to follow Jesus after Jesus's death. And on top of that, the Jewish members of this community, they were also wrestling with what life looks like after the fall of Jerusalem and after the after the fall of the temple. The temple is no more, Jerusalem has been leveled to the ground. Everything has changed. And in the the shadow of such deep trauma and loss, it makes a lot more sense to say God's just future, um, it's still coming rather than um, uh, to, to say that, that it's arrived. It makes much more sense to, to look to the future and focus on being prepared for when it will come rather than announcing that it's here because it didn't look like it was here so this is the context of our parable this week it's a lot more apocalyptic or future looking than the typical here and now focus that matthew's jesus has in the preceding portions of this gospel Uh, these two different versions of jesus in certain parts of the gospels they're they're at the foundation of a rich debate among jesus scholars as to whether Jesus was an apocalyptic preacher of a, of a soon-to-come new world, or whether Jesus was teaching that God's kingdom was already here and inviting folks to participate it in the here and now. So again, these two focuses present throughout all the Gospels, they, um, they're, they're, they produce a lot of fodder for a lot of debate. And if you want to uh, look at that debate more closely, 
I want to recommend Robert Miller's The Apocalyptic Jesus, A Debate. Um, you can find that online, I'm sure. But but I have my own leanings and opinions on, on whether Jesus was focusing us on the future or whether he was focusing us on, on the here and now. And, and, and I think you can be a Jesus follower, a genuine Jesus follower, regardless of which camp you subscribe to. But I also think it's more difficult and it requires more intention and, and a lot more care if you choose to view Jesus as an apocalyptic, future-focused preacher. You have to be careful. Uh, not to view his economic teachings, for example, such as selling one's possessions and wealth redistribution of the poor. You have to view those as, as uh, uh, not view those as, as coming from a Jesus that's thinking the world's about to end and, and there's no need to prepare for the future. You have to be careful to see that, that these teachings are actually rooted in economic justice and that they reflect a, a Jesus who thought the best way to prepare for the future was not in hoarding resources, but in investing in community and a commitment to, to care for one another. And we can face whatever the future brings together, according to the, the here and now Jesus, knowing that we have each other's back. Again, some people write off Jesus's economic teaching saying it's not sustainable, Jesus thought the world was about to end. But if Jesus isn't an apocalyptic teacher, if he's actually teaching us how to live in the here and now for the long term, that changes a lot. So an apocalyptic Jesus, again, it offers an excuse to ignore many of Jesus' teachings on the basis that Jesus supposedly thought the world was about to come to an end. His teachings, they say, are not, are not sustainable. Um, and in this reasoning, on a, on a long-term, ongoing basis, um, I disagree with that idea. I believe that Jesus' teachings are sustainable and that Jesus' teachings place before us all a pathway toward a safer tomorrow. And another area of care that one has to be intentional about uh, when someone feels that the world is about to end or that their hope is rerooted in the, in the world ending, um, these folks, quite simply, if their hope is rooted in the world coming to an end, they're not the best ones to come up with sustainable solutions that prevent the world from ending. In other words, people don't, uh, whose, whose hope rests in the world burning make the worst, for example, environmentalists. The, 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 their worldview doesn't enable or even prepare them to, to see long-term solutions to the problems that are threatening humanity's survival today. And simply put, Jesus followers today who believe that Jesus taught the kingdom has arrived, they just have the, the, the here and now focus. It has, very, it has a lot fewer theological hurdles in the way uh, toward making our, our world a safer, just, more compassionate home for everyone here and now. I wish I had a nickel for, for every time a Christian has accused me when I'm focusing on justice issues uh, of only arranging deck chairs on the Titanic, they say. And, and, and especially when I talk about environmentalism. So, so just as this past week, a friend of mine was lamenting online how everything in our world seems to be crumbling and coming apart. And you may feel like that too, but a Christian friend of theirs who was the first to respond in the comment section just commented, as in the days of Noah, like there's nothing we can do about it. We just sit back and expect it to just keep getting worse. 
How does that help? Rather than a call to roll up one's sleeves and go to work relieving the harm and the suffering that, that the most vulnerable in our communities are going through, which would look a lot more like Jesus, the Jesus we encounter in the majority of the gospel stories. Instead, there's this sad resignation that the world will just keep getting worse and worse, and there's really nothing we can do about it until Jesus shows up. And, and, I, and is that really how it is? Is there really nothing we can do? It sounds more like uh, we want the world to get worse and worse when, when some among us believe that, especially that Jesus can't come back until it gets a lot worse. So are we really listening to ourselves when we say stuff like this? So suffering, it, it, it should move Jesus' followers to action, not rejoicing, just like it moved our Jesus. It shouldn't lead us to be passive. Or it shouldn't lead us to this powerless resignation that this all's been foretold and there's nothing we can do but wait and be prepared ourselves. Even in the stories, Jesus' desire for his followers is that they join him to, 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 in, in, in his, his focus and his work in making our world a better place here and now. He said uh, 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 that the kingdom was here in, in Luke 17, 11. It says the kingdom of God is within your midst. And again, I understand how the Jesus movement became apocalyptic after Jesus's death. I can see how Paul was apocalyptic. I can't even see the, the, how John before Jesus was apocalyptic. He was looking for the one to come. And, and while Paul was looking for, for Jesus to return, but, but Jesus was announcing God's just future had arrived. And if we lean into that version of Jesus in the Jesus story, it, it changes everything. At least it has for me. It's changed my focus from the future to the here and now. And after all, didn't Jesus say not to worry or to be preoccupied about tomorrow, that tomorrow would, would worry about itself? He, he hinted at that in Matthew 6, 34. He, he called his listeners to focus on today and the good that they could do now. He called his followers to do whatever we can, big or small, to make our present world a safe, compassionate uh, just home for everyone. Again, here and now. And when I go back and look at our parable in this light, I understand that we must be prepared for the future, whatever it may hold. Uh, the best way, though, that Jesus taught us to be prepared is to be about investing in each other, caring about each other, doing what we can to promote the, the common good today, here, now. People matter. The world is on fire. Will we pick up a pail of, of water to help put it out? Or, or are we just going to stand back and simply view it as an unavoidable apocalypse? To be clear in the Gospels, both a here and now, that the kingdom has arrived and is among you, Jesus, and an apocalyptic, the kingdom is still coming, Jesus. Both of those are, are portrayed because both matched an era of the early Jesus community, but, a, but a, a Jesus who taught us that a kingdom is already here for our participation seems to me to offer more life-giving options right now. Uh, a Jesus who only taught that hope was coming in the near future and that we just have to patiently uh, be 
personally, individually prepared, it, it doesn't offer much hope for those who are suffering today and simply cannot wait. And for those who, who can choose a both-and approach, that's great. Uh, you just We still have to be careful that our both-and approach doesn't produce the fruit of uh, apocalyptic passivity and where we're only concerned about ourselves having enough oil. We're not concerned about others having enough oil. That in, in, we have to make sure that, w- that uh, uh, we're making sure the other five maidens have enough just like us. So heart group application number one, share something that spoke to you from this week's e-site or podcast episode with your heart group. Number two, how does seeing Jesus's teachings as applying to the here and now, how does that affect your own Jesus following? Share and discuss that with your group. Then number three, what can you do this week, big or small, to continue setting in motion the work of shaping our world into a safe, compassionate just home for everyone. Thanks for checking in with us today. I want to say a special thank you to all of our supporters out there. If you'd like to join them in supporting Renewed Heart Ministries work, you can do so by going to RenewedHeartMinistries.com and clicking Donate. I want to encourage you to go to Renewed Heart Ministries website this week. We have a lot of thank yous going on uh, during these last two months of the year to thank our donors. First, every donation uh, to Renewed Heart Ministries is going to be being matched dollar for dollar, making your Support go twice as far. We're also doing a free book giveaway with a uh, uh, Alicia Johnson's new book, and we're doing a um, this shared table pottery bowl event as well right now. So go to renewedheartministries.com and check those out. Thanks for listening today. Um, you can find Renewed Heart Ministries on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Threads. If you haven't done so already, please follow us on your chosen social media platforms. Also, if you enjoy listening to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening to it on, if this is an option, please leave us a positive review there. This helps others find our podcast as well. You can watch our new YouTube show called Just Talking Each Week, where Todd Leonard and I take a moment to talk about the gospel lectionary reading for the upcoming weekend in the context of love and inclusion and societal justice. Our hope is that our talking will be just as injustice, but that also we might say something that would inspire all of us to do more than just talking. If you teach from the lectionary each week, or if you're just looking for some thoughts on the Jesus story from a more progressive perspective within the context of social justice, check it out. You might like it. You can find it at youtube.com forward slash at Herb and Todd just talking. Please like, subscribe, hit the notification button, leave us a comment there. And if you'd like to reach us here at Renewed Heart Ministries through email, you can reach us at info at renewedheartministries.com. And lastly, my new book, Finding Jesus, a story of a fundamentalist preacher who unexpectedly discovered the social political and economic teachings of the gospels is now available at renewedheartministries.com right where you are this week keep living in love choosing compassion taking action and working toward justice i love each of you dearly i'll see you next week